Welcome to episode 259 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV show, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Melissa, you nailed it. You nailed the intro. <laughs> the, the intro I have said, uh, well, we rotate. So half of 259 well, times. So, I mean, we're, we're doing a new thing where I'm trying to play like the intro song of the video live on stream while we do this. If you did not know, you can get access to, to, to a live stream of this if you're a Patreon member. Uh, but I, yeah, I hit the button and... It does not play the video for you, Melissa, but you can hear the sound and and you yes. heard you, you heard it and you nailed it. So good. Good job. <laughs> heard and reacted to sound. Yes. <laughs> Melissa, a live human being. See her react to sound in real time. <laughs> Ask her to add two plus two and she'll clomp her hoof and she'll tell you it's four. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How's your weekend been, Melissa? It's good. I had a double feature at the movies yesterday. Self-created double feature. What you Jack see? and I went out to see Past Lives. Uh, and then we had a nice lunch and walked around the fancy mall in town. And then we went nice. to go see Asteroid City. Perfect. I, I went to go see Asteroid City yesterday, too. It was yeah. a blast. Yeah, we we only saw that one though. We didn't make it a double feature, but we also now officially have our Barbie tickets. My yes, partner and I were going Friday morning because we took that day off, uh, so that we can go see that and then also go see Oppenheimer in IMAX. So Ooh. we're stoked. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we're doing that on Friday. We're doing it the other way. We're starting with Oppenheimer and then going to Barbie. Mm, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, the debate of our times. Right? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Who comes first? <laughs> Bar- Barbie or Oppenheimer? <laughs> Which one will bomb? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a good weekend. We've continued our Mission Impossible rewatch as well. Yeah. We just watched Ghost Protocol uh, yesterday. As well, so I guess it kind of was a double feature for us too. Then um, it was also really funny because my partner, like, we've been watching those Mission Impossible movies, but everything clicked into place for her yesterday, where she <laughs> truly realized that Tom Cruise is the one doing all of these stunts, and yes, and, like I've I've t- I've told her that she knows that, but she's also like never really seen like what's the big deal with these mission impossible movies why do people like tom cruise so much and then i happen to like mention again like oh yeah he's the one doing all of these stunts and then we get to that scene where he's climbing the the burj khalifa and she is the most tense i have ever seen her and like it she's like i get it now this is awesome (laughs) yes that's that's where it locks in for me i love ghost protocol yeah yeah so good stuff good weekend but melissa speaking of good stuff what are we here to talk (laughs) about this week if you die and find yourselves in a mysterious afterlife that's definitely a ghost protocol 
Today, we are talking about season three of The Good Place. We have been watching all of this show uh, one season a month. This is our third episode in the series. Next yeah. month, we will conclude with the fourth of all four seasons. Yeah, this is exciting. Um, when, when we had went into this show at the start, I knew nothing about it, obviously. But uh, the, the one thing that I did know is that people liked the first season and they also really liked the third season. They liked the entirety of the, of yeah. the show. But those two specifically are like the standout uh, ones here. So I've, I've been waiting to, uh, to watch season three here. And here we are uh, now having seen it. Um, and I mean, I obviously haven't seen season four, so I don't know how that stacks up yet, but I so far have to agree and be like, yeah, I think this was a great progression of the show. Uh, also not exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. But it is, I, I, I probably said it last time to that, like that season two, two in the moment felt like. Okay, they're starting to add more story and lore of like what I want out of it and stuff mm, like this. Mm. This felt like even more of of that stuff where it, it feels less like a sitcom, even though it still has uh -huh. those trappings. And it starts to feel like, okay, no, this is like a narrative story that they are yeah. telling here. Um, so I, I enjoy it. This season, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th what do you think? This show can it's going deeper and that we are spending more and more time with these six main characters and these six main actors who get to really shake things up, play off each other in different permutations. Mm -hmm. But we are also going wider. This season we were on Earth. The, the characters who were humans are alive for most of this season, which feels like a wild thing to say about any other show. Yeah. <laughs> They're finally alive. They're back. Right. What do you think about Game of Thrones? The human characters were alive this season, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, but spending more time on Earth means we get to meet all of these new characters. We're not just in the same uh, area of the good place with the same fake good place with all the demon actors and, and Sean right. and Vicky and everybody, and we just see other characters in flashbacks. Now we get to actually interact with them and have different characters meet each other and add a bunch of new people to the roster, even in just brief little moments. It feels like they're taking every opportunity to add uh, fun new performers in there. Like Flula Borg says like three things as a waiter in one scene. <laughs> like they're, yeah. This is a show that I think picked its core cast excellently. And seems like it is really trying to get the most out of every supporting cast member that they can add to any story, still without overshadowing who our main players are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this in in a strange way, like season two felt like a a deconstruction of season mm. one. And now season three feels like a deconstruction of the total, like of season one and two, like the the total sum of what those mm. first two seasons 
work because yeah it it, it we'll, we'll get in into a plot synopsis in just a sec but yeah you you see that the like they they try a new experiment where the characters are back on earth and they're alive and stuff like that and how can we kind of run the same exper- experiment but on earth but then that kind of falls apart and that moves on like from from mm. where you think season three will start out at and stay at it just it goes well above and beyond that um so i yeah i i think it moved at a really 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 nice pace um it had some great revelations uh i think some real 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 really good character moments and 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 work just between the relationships that these characters have um i really kind of like the the love triangle that has developed between uh yeah. Tahani and Janet and and uh and Jason um mm-hmm. and, and and how they're trying to deal with that uh yes. it, it's not it's not a petty relationship yeah. it's not the like cattiness between the g- 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 girls f- fighting over Jason but it's always like like it it feels like a series of good intentions and misunderstandings yes and they all just want the the best for one and the other which is something you don't really see but they're handling Mm -hmm. it really adeptly and i like that it's it's cool yes yeah Yeah, everybody is very aware of what a weird situation that is tahani in particular is becoming more and more self-aware and more and more thoughtful with every Mm -hmm. season it's really nice to watch her journey and uh, like I said, they keep playing with different angles on the core cast. And we had a really nice scene of friendship between Tahani and Janet. That, yeah. <laughs> with an, a, a level of emotion we hadn't seen before. I like that they're taking the time to do that. To like put everything together in every different combination. And give it a little bit of time. And you know, we can't forget the most important job of a sitcom, which is to be funny. And yeah. this... I don't take notes as regularly as you do. Uh, sometimes just watching the show itself is like <laughs> enough of a thing I have to sit down and do without also stopping to take notes. So I don't do it very regularly. But this season, there were so many jokes where I thought, I have to write this down. I, ha- I have to record this. It's that good. At the end of the episode, <laughs> I might just go through a list of good little jokes. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. Um yeah, like there's 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 lots of great moments like that. I like 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 you said, like playing with different iterations of the cast is is kind of what you alluded to. I, the, the scene where the entire cast is played by Janet is great. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And and, Tour and de then force. you get a moment where Janet is playing one character character pretending to be another character which yes. is awesome uh-huh <laughs> there's just there's some some great situations in 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 this that i didn't even like think would be possible or knew was coming uh in in this and it's it's, it's a blast i i had a lot a lot of fun with this season mm-hmm. for sure um also uh yes on a a personal note for you and I, we get an incredible lost homage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, man, yeah, we, we, we get some good stuff with that. Do 
Do you want to do like a, a, a basic plot synopsis yes. to catch everyone up here? Yeah. Uh, in this season, Michael has put all of the four core humans that he is experimenting with and has now befriended. They're all alive again on Earth. And him and Janet are there kind of nudging things in the right direction. Uh, Chidi and Eleanor have met and he has realized, oh, you and I both shared this near-death experience and both of us then tried to devote our lives to becoming better people. Has this happened with anybody else? I could do a study on this. This is how they bring in Jason and Tahani. They are becoming this core Mm -hmm. study group. And of course, then as Michael tries to nudge things in the right direction, you know, like I, so that uh, uh, Eleanor doesn't have to get a part-time job that would then like take time away from the time she can spend with the other humans. Then he like makes her win the lottery for just like enough money to live off of things like that. As they get more and more involved, they do have to reveal themselves. And then when the humans know, what has been happening to them. They're like, wait, so now we have an advantage on knowing how to live our lives in order to get into the good place. We can't keep this to ourselves. So then they go around to friends and family members to try and do what they can to encourage them onto a better path so that they don't also end up in the bad place. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This one was a lot of fun, good things to say, but like, a, a continuation of good things that has escalated. I, I yeah. feel like I liked season one. I liked season two better. I liked season three even be- 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 better yeah. than one and two. Um, so yeah, the the show is absolutely growing on me. Um, was watching it with my partner, and we 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 got to the season three finale, and then she was like. Man, I'm upset. Now we have to wait right. to watch season four till you cover it on the show. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, like, yeah, it, I know. I want to keep right. watching. <laughs> Deeply frustrating. I, <laughs> I I had a stress dream last night that was like about a bunch of different stresses. Like, what if I did bad at my job and they blew up my apartment? Like, not the entire building, just my specific unit of my apartment. Man, no, what if I had terrible. to be in Let's the Titanic? Could I survive? <laughs> and then also, like, is Cheedy okay? <laughs> Will Cheedy be? Is he hungry? Does he need a sandwich? <laughs> is, he, is he happy? Does he feel taken care of? <laughs> what was I? What, was it? This or was it something else? I was watching something. Oh, God. What was I watching? Uh, I don't remember now. I watched so much stuff. Uh, there was a character. Their parent was asking them if they had worn clean underwear. Was that in this? <laughs> I don't know. But it, like that's uh, that's just a thought that ran through my mind now. Cheaty, did you wear clean underwear? <laughs> Surely, yes. <laughs> anyways oh well um cool well yeah that's that's kind of all i have to say at least spoiler free uh for the good place season three so let's take a quick break for housekeeping and then when we get back we will dive in and start uh talking a little bit more in depth about season three here so we'll be right back 
Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. Once again, big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you a lot. Thank, we thank you. you. It means a ton. Uh, on the Pilots Club this month, we are on on this coming month, I should say, uh, we are talking about a Netflix show called Cable Girls. Uh, this is a Spanish show. Uh, it's a period piece and is about a group of women who all become um, like operators at a telecommunications company uh, about to do their first uh, international call, uh, their, their first mm. uh, in, international call with the United States. Uh, and it seems like there are a multitude of reasons why all these women come to that job and what it means for them. Uh, and so it's, it's going to be an interesting one to talk ab about. Um, but we will be recording that soon here. That'll be up for this next month. Uh, and I think that'll be an exciting one. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots. Um, last week, right here on the review show, Melissa, you and I did a bit of a pride episode. Uh, and we watched The Watermelon Woman. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that one? The Watermelon Woman was the first feature film directed by a black lesbian. It is an American film from, I think, 1996. Uh, and it is about this woman who works in a video store as she pursues her dream of becoming a filmmaker. And she is working on a documentary about uh, a, a black actress from the 30s and 40s who appeared in very small, very stereotypical roles and was credited, credited only as the Watermelon Woman. She's trying to figure out who that woman actually was uh, and finds that she may have had uh, relationships with fellow women just like our, our main character has. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one was an, an interesting watch for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, get, we got to watch that, that one. Over on the Captain's Log, we've been playing a bunch of games over on that show. We recently did a fantasy dad draft in honor of Father's Day. We got to pick uh, a, a, a team of dead dads to supplement our already incredible fathers. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and just got to see who, who, who would you want to be a, a dad in your life, right? Yeah. And they, how do they interact with your own? <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh that was a blast 
last week on the Captain's Log, we also got to catch up a bunch on what we've been watching, uh, some pop culture news. I got to talk about American-born Chinese and Drops of God. Melissa, you had a bunch of thoughts on the Indiana Jones movies because uh, you've been re-watching those. Uh, all, all watching them for the stuff. first time. I think yes, I, had, yeah. I had seen 30%. Uh, of all of the Indiana Jones franchise. So most of it was a new watch this year. Good stuff. And last but not least, over on the reactor core, uh, we have some spoiler casts for not only The Flash, uh, but we just started our series on Secret Invasion. So if you want to hear us talk about the the first episode of Secret Invasion that is already up and we will be back each and every week as uh, that show continues. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That is what we've been up to here at the Whatnots. Uh, but without f further ado, let's get into spoilers on season three of The Good Place. Cool. Um, Melissa, where do you want to start with this one? Hmm. Let's, what were some of your favorite Earth side adventures? Because we are on Earth for the majority of the season until we go into, into like the Janet void and then the International Hole of Pancakes. Yes. And they have to reboot the simulation again. Yeah. Um, favorite Earth stuff. I... I I think the thing that sticks out to me is kind of the 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 standalone episode when they go visit I forget the character's name but the one dude who's like he figured out like the the good Doug Fawcett. Yeah. Yeah. Doug Fawcett. Yeah, when they go visit him uh it it is kind of this like it's it's a joke that they mentioned like in season one. Yes. Like, oh yeah, there's this one guy who like when he was younger, like got like stupidly high and figured it out. Like there is yeah. a point system he has to do. And it's it like it's just kind of this thing that they mention and talk about this joke, but here they actually go visit it, it, him. Yes. Um and I it's they 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 go to see him because Michael is not only like trying to keep up these experiments and stuff, but by this point in the show, he's kind of figured out it's not just that my experiment is kind of working, but also going off the rails in ways that we didn't intend that there's something wrong with the point system here. Yeah. It, be, be, being a good person isn't necessarily cutting it these days here. So, yeah, mm. they go to visit him and be like, well, you figured it out. You're the blueprint for this. What does your life look like? Who are like he, j just to go see like, let me go actually meet him. Um, mm -hmm. And all oh, bad. It, it is just this like miserable existence yes. uh, where he is by himself. He grows all his own food and it's only like two things. But he's so yeah. nice that even if he like steps on a bug, he like has a yeah. whole funeral for yes. he steps on a snail in in this. Um, there's this like local kid that sometimes like shows <laughs> up and is just just mean to him it is a bully go do this go do that and he, to, to be nice he has to obey yes. this kid mm. and, and do mm. all the, and he's just he's the biggest pushover 
in the world just trying to do every kind of performative act to be nice um mm-hmm. and i yeah that is michael just kind of sees this whole thing and doesn't necessarily show it but you can tell by his words he's kind of horrified by this thing of like this is not what it's supposed to be um and i I think then that leads into something else that stood out to me about the the show when they go to the like mail room like place in the good place in the actual good place uh and then they have to like call the the council uh that's happening mm. there i forget what, what they're all called exactly but again the the council is also this like v- very much a performative allyship like they 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 say they're they're also they have their hands t- t- tied with all of this bureaucracy and and mm. stuff like that but it is very much just performative um and that was kind of something that stood out to me about the whole, like the season as a whole. There's a lot that is performative about, uh, like being a good person. Uh, that I think this season is really diving into and making a, a critique on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think just kind of saying what, what, what a miserable existence. Uh, that one dude had yeah. was just like, uh, maybe not this, maybe not the answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like he's doing everything that he can think of to be a good person because he got high in his 20s and saw what it was and realized, I know what I have to do if I want to avoid being tortured for the rest of my for the rest of eternity after I die is I have to be the best possible person here on Earth. I have to maximize every single a task every single action that i do every choice that i make so he's like i only eat lentils because it is the least uh it is the smallest carbon footprint like of all foods or something like that you can tell he hates lentils and michael's like why don't you just ease up a little bit like take a day off you go have a cheeseburger and a milkshake or whatever and he's like i can't do that i don't know where i am i don't know what my points are if i let it slide for one day maybe that one day is what makes the difference between eternal paradise or eternal torment you can see that this man is not enjoying anything he is not happy yes yeah (laughs) he's not happy and i think something about the whole scenario here that the show does not mention uh but i think kind of comes into play in the background around is he yeah he does not know his point total he just knows that if he does good things he will get more Mm. points but there's the 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 thing that i'm kind of alluding to is the show does not say like when you're born humans are essentially good so you start at zero or 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 all people are evil and so Mm. you like when you start getting points right you're you're making up some kind of original sin or debt that you've art that you already have Mm. to pay um Mm. and i i think that's interesting that like the the show is starting to play with some of that stuff even if they don't mention it explicitly um that he's just like I've I like I, yeah I li- I've lived my whole life do- doing as like the most good that I can but I don't know if I'm one point above the margin yes. or 20,000. 
Um, yes. And so, yeah, he he's kind of he lives this life just in constant fear. He's 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 paralyzed basically um, yeah. by all of that. And I think this is kind of one of the critiques I had early on in season one mm. of the show is that it's kind of like the season one almost felt non-committal in. Like, what is the show trying to say? Or even if you're not saying something specifically, like what topics are you truly exploring here? And the show is kind of taking this stance of like, well, it's the good place. It's not heaven per se. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think as the show went on, they kind of eased up on let's not call it heaven. And they do. It's like it's heaven. It's just not the Christian one that you think of. but then also like yeah like they weren't it's not like the world is, like this is not a show about christianity uh mm. or like how christians should live their life mm. it's not about one religion in particular and i i felt at least in season 1 it was trying to kind of not step on any toes and in a sense just be non-committal with that but season 3 at least has found it seems like it's found a way to kind of touch on some of those topics without again, without committing, but in a way mm. that feels more philosophical feels more like, well, let's actually get into some of the topics that we can debate here. And I like that. I like that the, the show is exploring that um, in a mm-hmm. way. Cause we were also like, we know that Chidi is teaching them philosophy, but I also don't really know if I've really learned anything about <laughs> philosophy through the show. And I kind of wish I had I've learned a, little a little bits. Bit. Yeah, it's just little small le- things. I've, I've learned tiny things. You know, I know the concept of a happiness pump now, which is might have been from Kierkegaard. See, I know the term, but I forget like which philosopher it's from. But the right, concept yeah. of that in a utilitarian society where the more good you do for other people the more good you are you will turn your life into utter self-sacrifice to the point where you are no longer a person you are a tool and that is kind of what uh doug Forsett is uh there mm-hmm. is nothing about him that is himself that episode starts with you see him going about his day just in small close-ups like it takes a while before you see michael mckeon's face which a hour before I turned on this episode, not knowing what it was. I was talking to Jack about how I watched some other movie and Michael McKeon showed up in it. And I'm like, he's one of my favorites. Always happy to see him. So a yeah. true moment of fate. But they, we're watching him go about his day as just these unidentified actions of, of some man somewhere on Earth while he puts in <clears throat> a mama cast tape, which is exactly the season two opening to Lost. I mean, <laughs> I was so happy to see that. Yeah. So he's absolutely. He picks one cassette tape over another cassette tape, but that's all he really has to to personalize his life, to engage in in leisure and in personal choice. Like he he can't. He chose to eat lentils not out of preference, only because this is like the greenest thing I could think to eat. Yeah. 
yeah, it very much does kind of mimic uh, Lost in that sense that that uh, yeah, you get to see Desmond like down in the hatch, just kind of going about his day before you even really know like who he is or who this yeah. person is. It opened with that at the start of this season, and you're like, "Who is this? Where are we?" But even Lost also plays with some similar concepts of like not only like where are we are we in purgatory like what's happening here um but then yeah like the whole idea of like are we being punished did we do something to deserve this do i need to be a certain type of person or character to get out of 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 this right um Mm -hmm. so yeah that was a great homage to lost for sure um, mm-hmm. And but, this leads yeah. to Michael talking to Sean. Like, I think Sean calls him to taunt him or whatever. And Sean's saying, like, nothing you do is going to get these humans into the good place. Nothing they are doing for their friends and family to encourage them to lead a better life is going to get them into the good place. He's like, Doug Forsett isn't even going to make it up there. Michael's like, if Doug Forsett can't get into the good place, something is truly wrong. And he's like, I think the bad place has been skewing the point system. I think they've got the thumb, their thumb on the scale. This isn't right. So then he goes to the accounting department uh, and the accounting department's like, look, there's no way for anybody to game the system. Like, like three million people have to like confirm and double check. Yes, this points value is correct. And they see some like live examples. And Michael lands on. Uh, he realizes, like, the book he took about Doug Forsett is the book of all Dougs that have ever existed in human existence throughout <laughs> the book time. book of Dougs, yeah. That's great. So he flips it open to, like, a random Doug that existed in the 1500s. And he's like, this Doug uh, walked along the road, picked up some wild roses from a bush, took them to his grandmother for her birthday, and he got 140 points. And then just last week, another modern-day Doug also ordered roses to be sent to his grandmother for her birthday. But because he ordered them on the phone and the phone was made in a sweatshop and then the flowers were going with pesticides and picked by, you know, the poorly treated workers. And then the, if you go up and up the chain of who owns the flower company, it's this terrible racist billionaire. So everything like what that guy did to say, Oh, it's my grandma's birthday. I think she'd really like some roses actually got him like negative 40 points or something in the grand right. scheme of things. Because it was part of one greater chain of actions that even if he wasn't aware of, he still bore the responsibility of. And that's the, 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 the theory, the statement of the, the latter part of this season is it is getting harder and harder to be a good person. There's so many unintended consequences to your actions, and it's no longer about to this point system what do you intend to happen it's about what does happen uh and he's like there's no any there's no way anybody can win and he talks to the good place i think the the good place representatives he asks paul shear and paul shear is like yeah nobody's gotten in the good place for like 500 years we figured it was just a slow spell yeah yeah um and i i recognized that person's voice who works in the accounting department like he he got on screen and it's like i've not seen you really before but i know your voice where do i know that from um 
and he uh what's what's the the actor's name again it's, who worked it's there Stephen Merchant from Stephen like the UK Merchant. office and and Logan yes. um yeah he's also the voice of Wheatley in Portal 2 <gasps> which is where yes. I, I I know him from because uh, I like we we looked him up and I was like okay in the British version of the office that makes sense i haven't seen that though but like okay I, i'm not recognizing any of these other uh things here he was in logan i don't remember that exactly but sure uh and and then i like didn't see because when when you see when, when you look at like what has this actor been in right <laughs> video games aren't the things that pop up on the mm-hmm. google search so i was like I still know, like it, it was bugging me, and so I looked up his uh, Wikipedia page, and it's like it also known as as Wheatley in Portal Two. And I was like, "That's it! I know him." <laughs> um, they've uh, they've got great guest stars this season. They've got they really like a, a lot of my favorite podcasters. I love to see Paul Shear. Nicole Byer is so well utilized as that postal that worker is. in the good place. She's okay, not yeah. little. She's also like a, a, a podcaster. I know <laughs> the primary gotcha. way through which I know people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they had some 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 good stuff with that. But I, I think that's also a revelation that. Uh, that they had on this show again without even saying it because michael yeah su- suggests to to Doug, like hey take a day, day off go into yeah. town like eat a cheeseburger all all, all all that stuff and then later comes to the realization that he like doug like literally can't do that without losing mm. points like even mm. just to go get a cheeseburger there's so many other decisions that people don't necessarily think about or don't know mm-hmm. about or haven't done the research to know all of this stuff. Right. And that's why they're continually losing points. And that's why there's been this dry spell for so yeah. many years. Right. Um, and then Jason, of all people, brings up a really good point. Uh, we're like, they're bringing this case to the judge and the judge is like, well, if you need to do the research, like just do the research. And then Jason's like, I got to tell you about somebody from my dance crew named Big Noodle. I was always yelling at Big Noodle for showing up to dance practice late. We'll, we'll get <laughs> back to Jason and some of the revelations about him and his life <laughs> yeah. later. Because holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Holy and he's like one, shirt balls. Uh. <laughs> one day the swamp under my houseboat flooded and I had to spend the night at Big Noodle's house. And I found that Big Noodle worked three jobs to take care of his four grandparents. And that's why he was always late to dance practice. And I never yelled at him again. He's like, the point is just living your life is enough work that you a lot of people don't have the capacity to do extensive research into where did this tomato I'm buying at the grocery store come from? Like the levels of work to which I need to make a meal. What is the recipe for the meal I will make? What is the ingredients I need? What store will I go to to buy the ingredients? You know, and then it's like, I got to check price. Do I buy organic or non-organic? What brand? What farm did this come from? Like exactly one choice is a hundred micro choices and you do not No human being has the capacity to research and like thoroughly weigh and judge a hundred micro choices like that. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I, I think on the flip side of that, what I appreciate something that the show did not say is is um, that like p- people who who do have certain convictions uh like they didn't name names in this but they definitely alluded to chick-fil-a um like Mm -hmm. if if you are someone who chooses not to support chick-fil-a like the the, they don't put you down as a result of of having Mm -hmm. that conviction here even though the show is also kind of saying like there's so many other things that you probably are supporting that you you like have similar stuff that you haven't researched yet. These ones just happen to be a little more vocal on that. And so, you know, yeah. you have done the research, right? And that's why you have that conviction. And they're not being like, well, you're a terrible p- p- person because you don't support this, but you do support this other thing here. Um, and I think that's important that. People can mm-hmm. draw their own lines uh, and do the research that they want, want, to, want to. And I think having those convictions are a good thing. And I think also on the flip side, like, hey, having like being able to kind of bend those convictions some sometimes mm. can be a good yeah. thing. Um, yeah. It's it's, a, you know, it, it's the most relatable I've ever seen a show be like these are true human problems that humans encounter all the time. Like this week, uh, the, the local theater I go to all the time, I talk to you about it often. They were doing a production of Beauty and the Beast. My family was going to go. We were going to take my niece. And in conjunction with that, they were also doing a children's book drive. And I remember this like three hours before we were going to see this musical. I'm like, oh, we should stop and get some books. And then like the only bookstore between me and the theater was a Barnes and Noble. So we buy a couple books. We bring it to the book drop table. And they were like, great. Thank you so much. Here, take some of our pamphlets. Here's a list of our local independent booksellers we would like to support. And I'm like, I know, I know, but I, th- they're nowhere near me. Like for me, it was like, if you want me to only shop there, you would have gotten no books tonight from me. I don't have yeah. time. <laughs> so I felt like I'm going to try and do a good thing. I'm going to bring them some books. And they're like, ah, did you? buy them at the right place we see that you were taking them out of a barnes and noble pack <laughs> yeah um it's it's interesting because i you, you and i actually haven't talked about this i don't know if you saw this article or not but speaking of lost there was a recent article that came out about what it was like in the writer's room for lost this kind of happened right at the start of this most recent writer's strike because Mm. Lost was also one of the shows that kind of got majorly Mm. affected by the writer's strike back in 2007. And it was not, I mean, it it was a very good article, but it was kind of revealing that this writer's room was maybe not the best place to be uh, and that some of the creators on this show were like very sexist or very racist and this is why like the character of michael in the show lost left for so so long and all all this stuff and it's stuff that we've like i feel like we've kind of known a little bit of back in the day knowing that certain characters were meant to 
you know, be more important in the show. And then mm. once they started to ask for a little bit more money or stuff like that, maybe they got killed off or stuff like that. And this kind of revealed some of the stuff that was happening behind the scene, the scenes and the real reasons for all of that stuff. Um, and it's just like, oh, man. I fucking love Lost. It's my favorite right. show of all t- time. I think it's phenomenal. But also, man, this sucks that like this was happening on set and in the writer's room here. And the actors felt this way about the creators. Mm. And there was tension and stuff like that. And it just it it really sucks. And I like on one hand, like I I, I can I now have to like. Be like, I mean, Lost is my favorite show. I know it had its problems and all that Mm, stuff, but mm -hmm. man, it's so good, right? Um, Mm. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what this show is wrestling with. Like you, you like, where do you find that balance? Um, And I, I, I think that's something that a lot of other shows haven't really explored uh, in Mm -hmm. in life. It's not, it's not a like hip cool action scene right it's yeah it's just it's an it's an interesting take on all of this stuff it's something that a lot of people i think have in their minds but don't necessarily think about like they don't take the Mm -hmm. time to actually sit down and think okay where do i fall in this here um Mm. so i liked this a lot yeah, I think it it hits on something very true that it is with the best of intentions. How far are you actually getting? How much do good intentions mean? How much work are is one individual person responsible for looking into? Like maybe you do decide to go to the local the farmer's market and buy like an, an organically grown tomato from a local farm. But then if that farmer is like pushing their children into going into the farming profession and doesn't want to listen to them about any other job they want to do, like, Dad, I want to be an actor. Like, you don't know that. Are you then like causing all this family strife by saying, I want a tomato, please? Like, <laughs> where where is the limit? How much does go on one person? How much should be on any person person's conscience at any given time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can we talk about Jason some more? Yeah. Yes. And Donkey Doug. Yes. <laughs> Great. We, twist. We, we've we've heard the name Donkey Doug multiple times. <laughs> we've even like seen flashbacks of them together. Kind of. Was, um, I think we, we, we mostly see him with his buddy Pill Boy. Oh, but yeah, sometimes right. they yeah, do yeah, talk yeah. about their other film, their other friend Donkey Doug. Uh, it also turns out that Donkey Doug is Jason's dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, was always his dad. It's not like this was a surprise reveal. Jason's like, yeah, that is my dad. I am his son. I just, I always call him Donkey Doug. Like, that's what he likes to be called. What? What is this going <laughs> on in this show? I just... Uh, this, this, I think, was the biggest wildest reveal to me besides all of the like the the, like there's something wrong with the points system no donkey doug is jason's dad Mm -hmm. biggest revelation of the entire show (laughs) 
I that's <laughs> such a great choice to take this one like chaotic friend he keeps mentioning and to say, no, that's his dad. <laughs> this is this is the man who's supposed to be a mentor and a, a guiding figure to him who's like, yeah, let's sneak into SeaWorld and do some whippets or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just not not a good father figure at all. Yeah. Donkey Doug and, and, would not have made our our fifth fantasy no. dad j- 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 giraffe at all. <laughs> and then you, it was even odder is to see that like Jason's like yeah it's it's my dad like he doesn't seem to be feel as if he's been harmed in any way by having a dad yeah. who is this much of a chaotic figure to him. And he's like if I could like um did. Trying to be a better person, Tahani tries to give away all of her money. Like she's goes to the ATM and it's handing like wads of bills to random citizens in Australia. And her and Jason take a break. And he's like, if I like the amount of money you're just handing out to people, he's like, if I had that, and you know, on this one day several years ago, like that would have taken care of my rent and I wouldn't have needed to, to, to shoplift or something like that. Right. Yeah. And he's like, this is a, this could have made a huge difference in my life. And she's like, well, let's, let's take care of your friends and family then if it would have affected you and your your community so much let me give my money there they also like get legally married so that she can like share so much of her money with jason yeah (laughs) which i think is is funny i think it's funny that jason gets married every season (laughs) in different (laughs) circumstances yep yeah absolutely and, and that like to like they go to an actual bank like to yes. like, give so- someone money like is not that difficult to do. But because mm. she's so rich and so famous, she has this like super high end bank. It's real fancy. And here's Jason in his like track suit and stuff like that. And they're just like, this is a bad idea. Like, we're not mm. going to give him this money. <laughs> Right. It's also like legally you can't just like give this guy the five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't know this goes. There is a limit here. <laughs> yeah. God, uh, he man, he's such a he's such a funny character. He was the one in in season one that I had trouble kind of getting into as a character. He was just kind of a a lot compared to some of the other characters. Um. I, I think I've kind of just described the these like the main core cast here as caricatures and he was the one that I felt was like the most mm. caricature also because he's just a himbo right like yeah on 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 on, on top of that he's he's just kind of dumb and I think by where we are now in season three he's maybe my favorite character he is my favorite he has grown on me the most uh he's so funny he's so sincere he's one of the most caring characters in the entire show um just wants to to do right by ev by everyone wants to take care of everyone just a a genuinely good person Mm mm-hmm but just is all about like he he's supportive in the way when when someone says like yeah let's go break into a, a mall and do whippets or whatever else he's just like yeah let's do it i support you right like let's yeah, go and just he's... gets himself into all like no what are you doing <laughs> J- 
<laughs> Jason is on everybody's side. Uh, and when yes. he does a uh, d- uh, uh, points deducting action, he doesn't with vi- he doesn't think about anything. He just thinks we need money for the dance crew so we can have like new uniforms or go to the state championships or whatever. I'm going to rob a Mexican restaurant. Like he's just like, I need money. Money's there. I will give the money to my friends. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks like one step ahead at any given time. I liked the scene we got where he had to announce to the dance crew that we are officially now no longer doing crime. And then like half of the crew leaves. They were only in it for the crime. I, I love when Eleanor Janet is trying to talk to Cheedy Janet. And she is like, Cheedy isn't going to listen to me. I have to send somebody. He would listen to somebody else. Maybe he would listen to Jason. So Eleanor Janet disguises herself as Jason. And the the lie, the flub that gets Cheedy to realize this isn't Jason. This is Eleanor trying to pull one over on me. Is that she's like, yeah, my 80 person dance crew. And he's like, it's a 60 person dance crew. Jason always talks about it. You're not Jason. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Yeah, he's he and, has and absolutely have... become my f- f- favorite right. in the show. Like these characters know each other so well like that feels like a flip of the test Eleanor has to do at the end of season two where she has to recognize that's not really cheaty that's the judge's simulation of a cheaty I also like that like her and Jason like switched clothes and then you see Jason over there like (laughs) like, dressed as Eleanor saying look at me I'm Arizona shrimp horny (laughs) yes (laughs) great stuff great stuff Mm -hmm. um yeah, I, I really enjoyed all of that. Um, what else do I want to t- t- talk about? Yeah, we, we kind of just touched on the on Janet playing multiple characters. That yes. was fantastic. Yeah, a, a I know we've been force from Jarcy Carden. We've been wanting more Janet and more different yeah. versions of Janet. Yeah. We got we got a medium Janet, like a me- neutral like a, Janet. Yeah, a, a, a neutral J- Janet. Um that was fantastic but i i like that it is yeah not not just these like here's the good janet the the neutral janet the bad janet and then maybe something else that fits in there it is janet playing all of these other characters um that i i think is just so special and is just so fun um (laughs) and all of them really hope they can top that in season yeah and they they have her powers since they are her. So like Jason misses his friend Pillboy, and then all of a sudden he summons. Pillboy's he's there. hanging out with Pillboy in the empty, <laughs> broken down jacuzzi. And Pillboy says, "I was just chilling, being nothing, and then all of a sudden I was." <laughs> yeah. And they're um, wandering around, and they find Janet's diary. And <laughs> The splash page of Jason with hearts around him, and they play the song "Digital, Digital, Get Down." Just you <laughs> and me. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, there's man, yeah. The, like, there's just there's so much good. There's so, so much good about this show. I, like, I this is the one. I like. I think season one and two, I had stuff of like, 
but maybe there was this one thing that I didn't like, or mm, I don't know if I mm. like this aspect of the sh- show. This one, I don't think there was uh, anything that I really d- disliked or was like, man, I wish they did more of this one thing. Um, I I enjoyed it all. I, I was happy. I was satisfied with this. Mm-hmm. I like I said, it goes wider in that it and it goes deeper like it knows its characters very well it also has the awareness that the characters know each other very well like they are tightly bonded as a group that's something i really like that the bond is always there even if it is lost due to a reboot or a memory wipe or anything like that they find that bond again it is this constant element to all of their lives again to invoke lost uh yep we we get deeper with them and we also like put them in all these different situations and we expand the different places we can put them on earth i we got something i really wanted out of the time that they were going to spend on earth which is interacting with each other's families like there's the episode where michael reveals Eleanor, your mom didn't die. She she overbid on a charity auction to win a date with Gene Simmons. Like she she couldn't pay thirty thousand dollars, so she she faked her own death and she's living a new life. And I can take her you to go see her. And Eleanor's so suspicious of her mom. And Michael's like, I think she genuinely has changed. I think she's okay here. And then we uh, have a, a confrontation with Camilla, uh, Tahani's sister. I like that episode a lot. I like that uh, Chidi's like, I'm going to go and try and talk to her. I'm going to try and reason her, to her with this. And yeah. Camilla just does like, she looks at him real hard and is like, all your fears are mine now. And he goes back to Tahani like, I don't know what happened. All my fears are hers now. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> Yeah. And I I love the realization (laughs) that with all this abstract art that's in her art gallery, which I love that Jason looks at and it looks at all these abstract circles and he's like, they're boobs. And the painting's about how boobs are good no matter what the shape, size, or distance apart. Like, good body bonded positivity from Jason there. And Tahani looks at all the paintings and realizes it's like two shapes huddled together and then two shapes distant in the corner. And she's Mm -hmm. like, This is our parents conspiring with each other to pit the two of us against each other. She's like, Camilla never benefited from having the spotlight put on her any more than I did. She's like, I finally realized like we are in the same boat. Like we, we, we've always been more together than we have been apart. And those two hug in and make amends. I, I was happy the show chose those routes to make amends with characters who may have wronged our protagonists in the past instead of taking vengeance on Camilla. It's about finding common ground, finding the empathy, the humanity, making a better choice time after time. Uh, And like, even when Jason realizes maybe I can't really help donkey Doug, then I'll help pill boy. Also, yeah. I love that when you see Pillboy working at the nursing home, that is what his He's name genuine- tag says. 
just pill boy also, with, with an i b-o-i right yeah he's he's also like genuinely good at like yes. being a caregiver yes. like has a good rapport with it even if he says some questionable stuff it's it like yes. it's in good jest with the mm-hmm. with, with the the people yeah. there and they all like the, him they all love him and enjoy, enjoy him there it's not like uh this guy this guy mm-hmm. doesn't k- k- care about us. I love that about him. Like, best yeah. thing I've seen about him is that he's genuinely caring uh, for uh, uh, these 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 people that he works with. Um, and I like so, yeah. that that's a one-off joke from season one, where Pillboy talks about how uh, he works in a nursing home just to like get pills from all of the the senior citizens there, and then you learn yeah. that it's more of a they share with him, they like him. Like they take these things that could be a joke that are a joke and then they go deeper on them, but they go deeper. And like, what is the best possible version of this? Not the funniest possible version of this. Of course it is. The show is very funny. It's very good at that. But what is the most positive version of this? What if he isn't stealing pills from them? They genuinely like him. And they're like, oh, you want one of these, honey? Like, (laughs) we can split this Vicodin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, to go back real quick, when uh, we got to see Eleanor's mom, uh, we got a yeah. review show alum of Andy, yeah, Andy. Daly. Yes. Uh, so and, happy to see him. Perfectly used. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I, I was surprised to see him. I also just saw him in something else. I don't remember he what works. it was. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now to see if I could remember what it was. I also just saw him in, but he like same kind of thing. He plays like a suburban dad. You see him for like two seconds and that's it. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but it's just like, oh, same guy, same character. Yep, there basically. he is. <laughs> I, um, I but, like but yeah, that when we are on earth we get this like new type of joke that we haven't had before uh which is that they when we see them go to uh to jacksonville florida to talk to donkey doug they fly into randy macho man savage international airport and then they go to where eleanor's mom lives in nevada and she's trying to get on the uh pta council for her her boyfriend's daughter uh, and they are going to MGM Grand Elementary School. And then when Eleanor and Michael need a private place to talk, she's like, let's go to the library. Nobody in Arizona is at the library. It is Tostitos Scoops presents public library. <laughs> Big old sign. There's, there's also some comments that is made off. Like it's, it's this real subtle comment towards Eleanor about her like potentially being into bald men with mustaches yes <laughs> and it just, and, like it, it clicked it was like just like randy salinger or, 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 or no just like stone, stone cold, cold, steve. cold steve austin who she's also austin. into i was like right they don't even need to say his name. I've got like, I'm, right. you I like, get it. you can it draw the line. Point. Yeah. <laughs> Make the I, connection. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The joke is cheaty. Got me to read paradise lost. Cause you told me Satan was my type of guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's that I, bald guy with a, with a mustache goat <laughs> g- potential goatee here. <laughs> <laughs> I, Cheedy is interesting because he is the character who we know the least about his 
home life. It seems like his conflict is really internal. It's more mm-hmm. of his own neuroses with the world and not a, like a familial conflict that he has. Like this season, he mentions like, my parents would go to a symposium and then I would sneak into their office and read the unabridged dictionary. So it seems like his parents were also scholars very much like uh, he is. Maybe it's not a situation where they pushed him into this career that he took to it naturally. Maybe there's just not a lot of a conflict there. Yeah. Uh, I did like at the beginning of the season uh, when Eleanor goes to visit him in his office and somebody else sticks their head in some other colleague and says something to him in French and he responds and he mentions to her, Oh, I'm from Senegal. Like the, that is the primary language spoken there is French. I also know all these other languages. Like it's not really a, a, a joke, but it's just like a nice thing to learn about Chidi and about Senegal. Like we don't dive into his backstory a lot. We just dive into his personality, how his mind works, mm-hmm. which isn't a shortcoming. I just think it's interesting that they yeah. are playing this card with Eleanor and Tahani and Jason that they feel like they don't need to play with Chidi. He can sort of go on his own journey that's like him versus his own neuroses, which is what it seems like season four is going to be, that he is the one who gets his mind wiped uh, and is also one of the new humans being brought into this experiment. They, I like that opportunity to see him in a different light. Maybe get to learn more things about him. Yeah. But I I love in the Jeremy Barramy episode <laughs> when Michael is drawing a timeline. He's like, you humans think time goes like this. And he draws a straight line. He's like, when really it looks like this. And then he writes in big swirly cursive the name Jeremy Barramy. He's like, this is really what time looks like. And then Chidi just stares at the dot over the eye and like loses his mind. Like what like, William this Jackson no Harper sense. does with his face is incredible. Like Chidi goes through an absolute breakdown. You see him like walking through a park and then like a, he walks past a sprinkler or something and his shirt gets wet. And he just takes off his shirt and leaves it there and keeps walking. Dude, he goes fucking into- ripped, too. Dude, he is, is that's such so good shape. funny. Dork who is secretly Good ripped Lord. is one of the best jokes. And he goes to a grocery store and he's just buying like piles and piles of like marshmallow fluff and candy and all this nonsense. And somebody's like, sir, you need to have a shirt. And he just takes like a women's t-shirt that says like who, what, where, when, wine. And then you <laughs> cut to him making the big pot of chili. And he's like, you put the cheap peeps in the chili pot and then you add the candy you put the peeps in the chili pot and then you add some oreos and then the cut the reverse cut from him to the lecture hall watching him do this one of the funniest jokes that single cut so much work (laughs) so good yeah like it it, it's Especially like when he just goes like, it's all about nihilism. Like nothing matters. <laughs> just do whatever the hell you want. Just it's that we're all doomed. We're all going to die. We're all yeah. going to the bad place. And nothing matters. Eat this 500 pounds of chili. That's going to make me sick for a month. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, is is hilarious. I, 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 I loved that whole scene i loved just the like reckless abandon he has with that um mm-hmm. but to to go back to what you said about his parents i like what's inter- what's interesting about chidi is yeah most of his conflict is internal but we also know that 
he has hurt a lot of people in his life because yes. of his internal yes. conflict. And I don't think he knows the extent of that. So I'm wondering nice if he's. Yeah, like I'm wondering if he like the parents haven't really been in the picture because he doesn't know that he's hurt them or something like that. There there might be some kind of sense of abandonment or something by yeah. them that he just doesn't realize is happening. Um, so that could be something potentially happening in season four that he has to come to terms with or to go back to his one friend. Right. That he but yeah. wanted him to be like the best man in his wedding mm. um, and to reconcile with him. Like that could also be a, a, a stand in for like, hey, like, hey, you are basically my family. Like you, you are my best man here. Um, that could be something that he has to go reconcile with. Uh, would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, you've got a good point that Chidi is. He perhaps has hurt more people than he has ever been hurt himself, not through uh, malice, just through like pure indecision. Like he can't make a choice. He can't commit to anything. He's never fully present. He's always in his own head. You can wonder if it's maybe like his parents' marriage isn't going well, but they're keeping it to themselves because they're like, we cannot get divorced. He can't pick who he wants to live with. Like, we cannot force him to choose a side because he never will. So we just have to be in this, like, loveless act of a marriage until he is an adult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There Um, could be anything back there. Who knows? Something else that I'm super excited for potentially in season four um, is this kind of return to the original setting but yes. everything is like rotated and switched around like that's that's kind of something I was hoping for at the end of season mm-hmm. one is like what like I, 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 I mentioned it when we covered season one, but that show prison break. Yeah, season one of that show. Phenomenal. Mm. everything after that maybe not so great and like one of my ideas back then when that show was on was like well what if every season was like new characters new plot Mm. new prison new scenario right and this is almost kind of like that in a weird way it's just like let's let's take all the ingredients you know but instead of uh like putting it in in a new location it's just like what if we rotate everything by one so Mm. eleanor is now the architect and michael is kind of like the assistant uh and and tahani is kind of playing her same self Mm. but she's grown so much as a character that like she's a different character by this Mm. point um yeah yeah things are just kind of rotated in a way that's like you've changed the formula here yeah things are interesting yes. um yes so yeah I i'm think... excited to see how it all wraps up and concludes Hmm. this is a show that's very repetitive but with a lot of intention and purpose behind it it is about mm-hmm. an experiment point of experiment is that you keep repeating it and changing the variables that is what the yes. narrative as a whole is doing and I like that in season two, after they've had their minds wiped, uh, after the reboot has, uh, the, the experiment has been rebooted, 
Mindy St. Clair gives Eleanor the tape of like her telling Chidi she loves him and he actually says it back. So she lives the rest of the season knowing that in her head. Like we fell in love once. We are both capable of this. Are we going to do it again? And then in season three, Michael shows her some of the experiences she had in all of the different variations of the afterlife. And again, she is living this current life with Chidi, both of them clueless. And she's like, we are capable of something. Are we going to do it again? And she's like falling for him because she knows she's fallen for him already. And now we've got season four where his mind has been wiped and she has the same continuity of memory from season three to season two yeah uh which like season one to season two and season two to season three have a break uh where like things are starting over the characters minds are being reset but this time it's it's only cheaty everybody else in the main cast is a continuation of their experience so he's the only one who's like the odd one out and so like three times we are going to watch uh she knows they are capable of loving each other and uh, what she does with that information, how she reacts to him and how he he finds her in that situation, which yeah. which I, I like. It's yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. I like that. I much prefer this to like we got the main couple in a sitcom together too early. Now we have to put all these obstacles in their way, like an ex comes back or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which they also do at the end here there yeah, is one Simone. of Chidi's exes yeah uh who's now uh in the good bad place this weird place that they have let's just call it the weird place <laughs> they're there in the weird place yeah they're back in the same set with the same like froyo restaurants and the same clown house <laughs> yep yeah it's well I- it's it's technically a different neighborhood but it does seem like they mm. are like reusing the sets. And I think that was one of Janet. Like, I think that is the intention is that like one of Janet's ideas is like, what if we make it very, very similar to Mm. season one? Like, Mm -hmm. let's just go back to that because it kind of worked. It's just a set. Like that's all we need. Right. Um, I love the episode that flashes back to pet day in the good place where everybody can pick like their the pet they've always dreamed of, including like fantastical creatures. And Jason says, you can do a fantasy made up creature like a penguin. <laughs> so he has a penguin. And he's walking uh, around made- in, a, in, in his Jaguars jer- jer- jersey. <laughs> <laughs> right. He gets a penguin. He names it after Blake Bortles. Tahani gets the mirror centaur, which is a centaur, but the top half looks and acts like Tahani, and she's terrified of it. <laughs> like the only person who can out intimidate Tahani is like magical centaur Tahani. And then Elador's just got that iguana chilling <laughs> like, yep. on her shoulder. Yep, GD can't absolutely. take between two puppies. Uh, and then he gets stuck with the pet left over, which is an owl. He's like, all right, owls, owls are cool. Owls represent wisdom. The owl cannot be controlled. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Good stuff. As indeed. we uh as we come towards the end of the episode, I just have like three more jokes I wrote down that I want to yes, shout please, out. Please tell me. Uh at the beginning when Michael is in disguise and he is encountering uh our humans at different points in their life there on Earth, he is a I love all his fake names too. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm Eddie Pizzazz. <laughs> Eddie Pizzazz. 
he he's a librarian when he's talking to Chidi, and one of the fake books Chidi holds up is an autobiography of Tayson Day, the guy who's saying Chocolate Rain in his autobiography is just called Chocolate Book. <laughs> <laughs> I I love when uh, the humans realize what's going on and they decide, you know, with our time here on Earth, now that we know what we know about the good place and the bad place, let's go out to our the people in our lives and try and encourage them to be better. And they're talking about traveling different places. And Michael says to Janet, I know it's touristy, but I really want to go to a lens crafters. Great. <laughs> and uh, I love when we get to meet Derek again and he's like a suave James Bond Derek. And first you see him like drinking a martini with three olives. And the next time you see him, he's dr- he has a martini glass that is no liquid. It's entirely olives. Yeah. And the third time you see him, it's a martini glass with just with no liquid and just an entire dry lemon bouncing around in there. <laughs> an unpeeled it's, lemon. Right, right. It's just a great escalation of three things. Because that, like, like the, that is the thing with both him and Janet is that each time they get rebooted, they become smarter. They become yeah. like they learn a, a little bit more. So yeah, he is learning some things, right? He's he's dressing nicer. He's he's more coherent in his conversations and stuff like that. But he still hasn't figured out cocktails, right? He's still just like. We just put a lemon inside this martini glass. That's a, co- a cocktail, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's great stuff in here. I love the doorman uh, with the little frog keychain, and Michael's like, "I know how to get this guy on my side," and he brings him a uh, like a coffee to go mug with a tree frog on it. And the guy's amazed, like, "Look at this frog! You know he's a real jumper." And like it's forever, yeah. he's like Michael's best friend. He's like, "Hey, frog man." <laughs> Do you do you ever do a thing when you're like watching a movie or a show and you feel like, you know, the line that the character is about to say, even if you like haven't seen it before, right? You like you say the thing that you think they're about to say and then they say it and you're like, yeah, I got it right. Right. Have you ever like done that? I did that like at the exact same time that he steps into the mail room or wherever it is. And it's just like smells like frogs in in, in, in here, (laughs) right? Like I I forget what the exact scenario is, but I had a moment like that with him where the doorman shows up and he like there's this pause and, you know, he's about to say something. And I like out loud said the exact line that he has, has just like a second before. And I was just like, yeah, I nailed it. I got it right. I could be a writer. <laughs> Maybe not. I do but. love the glimpse that we get into the good place that we just see like the mail room. And I like yeah. that it is a ch- genuinely charming place in a very sort of dry, old fashioned way. It looks like, you know, a am like if you're a kid and you have to go on a field trip to a historic local house, it looks like yeah. that. Yes. Like it's it's nice, but it's very stuffy. I think they hit like the exact right balance of what the good place might be in like the one space that they show us from the good place. And I like that yeah. they can't open that door. And Eleanor's like, what is that door? Like two inches thick? That's only four Oreos. We're only four Oreos from the good place. <laughs> 
my my partner having watched that scene and also having just eaten three double stuffed oreos goes she's not wrong like that that's about like how much it it would be (laughs) there's there's so many great like little lines and little bits throughout the whole season i really appreciate the the density of Mm the show uh like how it can pack in jokes and also like stay so sincere with its characters who are trying their best to be sincere to each other i like when tahani realizes uh janet has the still has these feelings from jason after they were married in season one and jason's like aware of this and like wants to respect that and is kind of curious like what sort of relationship did we have and like him and tahani are just married for like legal financial reasons and tahani's like i know what i'll do to make this better i'm gonna make a certificate (laughs) like she's trying her best but it is the most like fussy tahani maneuver and i like that she can tell so quickly this was a bad idea and then she goes to michael like i and this is like the the crux of the whole the theory of the final part of the season, the unintended consequences. She goes to him like, I tried that and it didn't work. I thought it would work. What else do I do? I, I want them to feel better. What are my other options? I like that it is the most uh, selfish character to date who is who prompt who has that growth, who realizes what has gone wrong and goes to Michael and prompts this realization that is like the the the, the statement of the entire show. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. I've, I've spoken everything I wanted to out into existence here. Um, <laughs> good stuff with that. Let me um, pull up our bingo card so we can start getting a good look at that. Um I'm pulling this up on screen right now. Do mm. we have anything that can can go in I, here? I, we've got some options. Uh, I think we could. I have diary it's not a tra- entry. Yes, it's not a traditional diary, but like the secret. They do uh, refer to it Jason as one. Yeah, and they they, will, they do I, say like, "Hey, we re- we read your diary here." Yeah, with this that's um, that's how it acts. Yeah. Um, I think we could also cross off. Death. Cool step parent, uh, the way Eleanor's mom, uh, uh, the way her relationship with her with Andy Daly's little girl is like she she buys her a lot of toys. She wants to be involved with her life. She wants to, to be on the PTA council at her school. I she's not the traditionally like rad step parent where it's like, oh, my cool new dad, Scott, he's got like a motorcycle and he wears sunglasses and he bought me sunglasses. When I'm big enough, he's going to give me my own helmet and then I can ride with him on his motorcycle. And he's way better than my old dad. It's not that exactly, but do you think we can, do you think that's enough? Less cool step parent and more like, oh, very generous, committed, involved step parent. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fine. Okay. That gives me a couple more bingos. Thing. Like she is, she is genuinely trying, and I think that's yes the, for for a cool step parent. Like that can go a couple of different ways because step parents can be kind of dismissive of like I'm only here for mm. your mom. Like I I'm not your yeah, actual yeah. dad. I don't need to raise you or something like that. Right. Um, 
and so yeah just cool in the sense that like she is actually taking an interest in mm. uh her, her stepdaughter's life and wanting to be Im- Im- impactful in that um Man, Melissa, you are closing in here. You only I have am. one, two, three, four, five squares left. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve left. I'm lagging behind. I, 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 you just have a skill at like putting together a bingo card in a way that gives I, you all of this stuff. And I'm just, I, I, I'm trying to mix <laughs> things up and be random and all this. And it's just not, it never works out in my favor. You've. You've got good ones on here. I think like didn't realize my own strength is always fun. We just haven't hit like mm-hmm. the right stories yet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm amazed we've gotten like halfway through the year without encountering a ghost. Right. Um, or or like a, a, a motion capture character. I interesting. I, I mean, there are like you know when you see the demons, uh, in their like lava monster form. It's not clear what those what is, are, but I mean, we were thinking of mocap character more with like the really detailed ones, like a golem or a Jar Jar Binks. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, or the the apes from Planet of the Basically, yes. does Andy Circus uh, star right. not as <laughs> An Andy, Andy Circus? The Doug right, Jones, yeah. one of those. <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. That's our bingo update, uh, Melissa. That I think gave you at least one more bingo. Um, yes, I have for for the, the stuff here. So you have quite a bit to say. I've got least. five bingos. Okay. Okay. Anyways, um, five. I don't know if the plural of bingo is bingo. <laughs> Bingen. I've got, <laughs> got five bingums. <laughs> look at all the look at all the bingens in the field. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, we would normally do recommendations at this time, mm. but of, of course, when we. Uh, do our end of the month specials. We only like to do those at the first and the last time we cover uh, that particular show. So we're skipping it this time uh, and going straight into what are we doing next week? Next week, it is the second annual National Treasure Weekend. We're the first mm-hmm. weekend in July. We celebrate the works of Nicolas Cage. Last year, of course, we did kick it off the inaugural one with National Treasure 1 and 2. This year, we are watching Adaptation, a movie where Nicolas Cage plays both of a set of twins. It's some of the most concentrated Cage you can get in a movie. Absolutely. Double Cage. That's that's what we went for here. Yeah, this is one I, I, I don't think I had heard of this uh, previously, so I'm excited to jump into it and see ha- exactly what kind of Nicolas Cage are we getting here in in this <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, I I w- w- whenever I say something like that, I always think back. There's an episode of Community where they are taking a film class and studying like the works of Nick Cage, and and they they have to come up with this like dissertation on like the theory of nick cage and like what you get and abed just he goes full nick 
Cage in that like he his mind goes crazy. He becomes Nick Cage in wow. in this. It's wild. It's a great one. Um, so yeah, good stuff with that. But that is what we are up to this next week. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Get excited for a cage match. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, that about wraps us up for season three of The Good Place. So Melissa. Where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. There you go. Uh, You guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. And if you would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do, you're at The Whatnots. We are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. If you're watching this on YouTube, we got plenty more videos for you to check out right over there on that side of the screen. Um, So yeah, go do all that stuff. That would help us out a bunch. This has been number 259, I believe, of the Whatnots Review Show. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.